SRN Survival Radio Network. Now, 
You can always email me regarding questions and topics. You can just email me at Dr. Aaron Williams at weeklywellnessshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Aaron Williams. And again, I encourage you to join our Weekly Wellness Show Facebook uh, fan group page, as well as you can now follow me on Twitter at Dr. Aaron Williams. Now, today we have another exciting and informative show. As usual, I'm not bragging, but, you know, it's, I think it's true. We, we work hard to put together some quality guests, some expert guests for you so you can take out time and listen to take care of yourself and your family. Remember, it's the weekly wellness show. We want you to be well, and we want you to be happy and healthy. So we've got some more interesting topics with, that, with some dynamic guests this week. We're going to have in our first segment, Coach Bruce Hinkson, and some of you may already know him. He is the owner of the Orange Theory Fitness Franchise in Barbersville, West Virginia. So he's going to be talking to us today about fitness and continue our conversation because, hey, again, this is still the new year. You know, we're carrying on this conversation about starting the new year off right. And as I said earlier, a lot of us have resolutions, but we need solutions as well as plans. Now, in our second segment, we're going to be talking about another very important topic, and that is gun or firearm safety. Now, I'm not a gun owner or a firearm owner, but I still think that I need to know about gun safety. And I think if whether you are a gun or firearm owner or not, you also need to learn about firearm safety. The reason I say that is because there's a lot of compelling statistics. You know, the Centers for Disease Control reported that about 4,000 people in the United States died of unintentional shootings. And a lot of these were with people that were under the age of 25. So it says to me, due to the fact that according to statistics, 1.6 million kids, 18 and under, live in a household with a loaded or unlocked firearm that we need to continue to educate the public about firearm safety. So, again, I'm not an expert in this field, but guess what? Today, we have one in Mr. Mike Rampley. Mike Rampley is a firearm instructor. He's a firearm competitor. He spent many years in the U.S. Army as a firearm instructor, so we're going to have him on in our second segment to talk about firearm safety. So I want you to hang on. I want you to not touch that iPad or iPhone and continue to listen. But first, we're going to go to our first commercial break. So, ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned. And be informed. Looking for a cafe with a home-like appeal where all who enter feel like they are a part of something? Visit My Coffee Shop, located in East Lake, Atlanta, Georgia. MCS has a full breakfast and lunch menu, offering both hot and cold options, and is home of the amazing basil lemonade. But don't forget their assortment of freshly brewed coffees. Come on by at 2462 Memorial Drive, Atlanta, Georgia, 30317. We're pretty sure my coffee shop at East Lake will become your coffee shop, too. iDope, iDope, globally inspired vision stylewear. A fusion of classic heritage and contemporary sophistication. An essential part of your lifestyle and fashion expression. I do. I do. Vision stylewear for the fashion forward and socially conscious. Let's make this a dope world together. I dope. I dope. Available online at idope.com. That's E Y E D O P E. Idope.com. Survival Radio Network, with now more than 1 million downloads. Congratulations to the staff, producers, engineers, and hosts for your tireless pursuit of excellence. 
and thank you, our loyal listeners, for supporting this movement to inspire, motivate, and educate people worldwide. Survival Radio Network, Survival Radio Christian Network, and our new Survival Sports Radio Network broadcast top-notch shows Sunday through Saturday. Check us out by visiting our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us. SRN, we do radio one million strong. The SRN. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's nice to have you joining us today, whether you are walking the dog sitting at home, trying to stay warm, or whether you're out and about, whether you're shopping, we're glad that you're able to join us today. You are listening to the Weekly Wellness Show, your resource for better health here on the Survival Radio Network. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Williams. As I mentioned before in our first segment, we're going to be talking about fitness. You know, everybody knows that, hey, this is the beginning of the year. We always have our resolutions. Nothing wrong with a resolution. As I've been preaching for the past several weeks, we also need to not only have a resolution but a solution, and that solution includes a plan. So I've asked someone to come on the show who is an expert who does this every day. You've heard him before. You've talked with him before. That is Coach Bruce Hinkson. Now, Coach Bruce Hinkson is the owner of the Orange Theory Fitness franchise in Barbersville, West Virginia. He coaches people every day, teaches them about their exercise, and customizes it. So it's great to have him on. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's welcome to the show Coach Bruce Hinkson. Hello, sir. How are you? Hi, Coach Bruce. Happy New Year. Same to you, man. It's been a while. All right. That's, we're glad that you're able to come on the show. We know you've been busy uh, spreading health and fitness throughout uh, uh, throughout the world, and uh, we're glad that you were able to come on the show today to continue our conversation regarding fitness and health. You know, this is the beginning of the new year, and a lot of people use this, even though we encourage fitness throughout the year, a lot of people use January 1 as their kind of recalculate or starting point with regard to that. But as I tell people, hey, a lot of times I'm not an expert in this particular field, but the Weekly Wellness Show, we pride ourselves in bringing on those experts. So, again, Coach Bruce, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the invite. All right. Hey, so what are some of the things we need to consider with regard to fitness for this for this year? How should we start off, Coach Bruce? Well, you know, everybody wants to start their year off uh, with the physical things and going to the gym and what they define as mm. fit, you know, what the media's been throwing out there, what you hear friends yeah. say, what you uh, see online, what the blog reports say. But in my opinion um, and how I run my business, run myself, is your fit is not defined by that. You know, your fit is defined mm. by where you are um, feel the best, you know, the family, work, or your overall health. So that's how I define fit. And uh, for me, being fit is, one, yeah, being healthy, but also being a, a good leader. Right, right. I guess you have to learn how to lead yourself before you can lead others. So I think that's a good, that's a good way to look at it, Coach. Yeah, you know, and, and it's not going to um, – you're not going to drown yourself in that, that new year. Oh, I got to get to the gym six days a week for two hours at a time because that doesn't last. You know, that's why you, the industry is known for that dying out around March because everyone you know, <laughs> tries to follow the media. It's true. You know, they come in January, February, then right. March, they start to slow down because you're burned out, you're tired, you're sore. You're like, I can't do this. So for me, and I encourage every and anyone to define their fit by where they feel the best, and, and once again, just to bring it back to, to leadership things and how I lead my staff and how I lead the people around me is uh, I just base it off of six different types of leaders. You know, there's three negative types and three positive types, and I wanted to touch on the three negative types today and what not to do. Okay. You know, I'm sure a lot of people listening 
uh, right now are leading a staff or, you know, want to lead their family in the right way or just simply lead themselves to a strong 2018 and stay committed throughout 2018. Right, right. Well, this this plays into what we've talked about before on the show in the mindset. Uh, uh, and, and you need to know where you fall in with regard to leadership and, and leading yourself and having that, you know, the difference between a, a, a leader and a follower is the leader has vision. He has a vision, a forecasted vision of how things should be. And I think what you're saying is first we need to get that vision right, which is your fitness. But your fitness doesn't necessarily equal the same as the model that's in a magazine or what they are saying in the media or what some people around you are saying. Is that about right? Yeah, that's about right. You know, so you know, your fit is is where you feel your best in what areas of life. You know, um, we have a lot of uh, people like I have some women that have children, and you know, they yeah want to be fit for their children, their kids. You know, they want to be the best moms, so that's why they define right. their fit. It's not hey, I want to run a five k, even though that is some people also, or you know, I want to squeeze into a size six. No, I want to be fit to be around for my children. So that's what I mean by that. Right. And, what area do you feel you want to be your fittest? Right. Well, what are those? What are those types of, of? What are those categories of leadership that you were referring to? Well, you know, uh, I'll run through the six of them. There's the unpredictable leader. You know, there's the domineering leader. There's a secretive leader, a passive leader, um, which is my least favorite. <laughs> you know, uh, there's also <laughs> a healthy leader, and an empowering leader. You know, so for me right now, just touching these three, the unpredictable leader, you know, uh, that's the person you never know what's going to go on. You know, they're happy one day, they're unhappy another day. They're either they're yelling at you or they're, they're hugging with you, you know, or, uh, like right. for me, you know, it's, it's, you know, Hey, you said I did good at this yesterday, but now today I'm the worst employee ever, <laughs> you know? So you kind of never right. know what's going to go on. And sometimes unpredictability, uh, it produces, uh, a hesitant follower. You know, because they're, they're, they're scared to present an idea. They're scared to lead themselves because they don't know how you're going to react, which is something I have to learn myself, you know, some of my growing pains is I was, I was unpredictable because, you know, I kind of bring whatever is going on, on the outside uh, and your daily habits, you get worn out, you get tired, and you're kind of unpredictable in the sense of, oh, I was so happy, but as the day goes on, I get tired, you get, you get, you get knocked down, you get back up, so... That's something, to be honest and be upfront, that's something I had to work on as a leader myself over the last few years. Right, right. Okay. That's, that's, uh, that's the first type. Yeah. There's also the domineering leader. You know, uh, mm-hmm. those are the ones who are like, it's my way or the highway. You know, uh, <laughs> whatever, yeah, whatever you say doesn't go because I'm the boss kind of person. You know, and that may right. produce, yes, that may produce a compliant follower, but they're not bought in. You know, they're not committed to the process. They're not committed to you. You know, they're compliant for a little bit because they're scared, there's fear. And don't get me wrong, a little bit of healthy fear from a leader is good, but you don't want Mm -hmm. to scare people where they're compliant for a little bit, but then they can't take it anymore, and now they're bailed. They bail out on you. They're not committed anymore. So that's a domineering leader, you know. And then there's the the secretive leader. Uh, The secretive Uh leader – yeah, exactly. So there's there's a secretive leader who, you know, you're not good enough to know this information or they only show this share this information with the, the other oh, top yeah. leaders. You know, and if you're running a an organization, you never want people to feel that way, like, you know, because the more they know, the more they care. If I continue, if I share all this information with my employees, if I share numbers, if I share feelings, if I, you know, ask their questions, I'm always asking them questions and I share it with the rest of the team, they're more bought in. You know, a secretive leader will buy someone who is, they'll produce someone who is uh, inadequate. You know, they don't feel good enough. So you don't want to be a secretive leader either. Right, right. You want to be clear. You want to be clear because the more they know, the more they care. Right, right. So, so those are the three the, negative ones. Go Three negative ones, uh-huh. Yeah, and I would like to share the three positive ones next week when we get back on here and just keep following up with that, you know, because okay. uh, we All have right. some. So in, so in summary, the, the 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 three negative ones are being unpredictable, 
okay, and then you have the other spectrum of being dominant. Well, okay, I should look at it this way. You're being dominant in one sense, secretive in, in the other sense, and then the other one is just totally out of the out of the whole range, which is being unpredictable. Now, relating this to fitness, Coach Bruce, is this uh, – can we also subscribe some of these adjectives to our attitude toward uh, fitness being unpredictable or being dominant or overdoing it or being uh, non-dominant? Yeah, exactly, because you could be unpredictable with your fitness. You know, you you worked out Monday, you worked out all week, you know, and then you're doing so well. You, you're clear on your food. You're um, doing so well on your diet. And then the next week, oh, I'm not going to work out this week. You know, I'm just going to eat right. whatever I want. I'm having a bad day. So you're doing that up, down, up, down, that take off land, take off land. It takes more energy, more gas, you know, for a plane to take off than it is to just cruise. You know, if every day, right. and this is what I preach too, if every day you just you decided that, okay, this week, two days out of the week, I'm going to do 30 minutes of exercise two days out of the week for the next month or two. Then right. after two months, I'm going to throw in another day. Or maybe I'm going to turn it up to 45 minutes two, two days a week. You know, it's, it's sort of like the compound effect, you know. You keep adding on, right. you keep adding on. And by the six months in, you realize, wow, I'm down 10 pounds maybe. I've dropped two inches. I feel much healthier. I, you know, I have more energy for my spouse, more energy for my kids. You know, now I'm starting to think about certain things that, hey, maybe I may run a 5K at the end of the year. You know, you start to think outside the box. So that's where the right. unpredictability, it can either harm you, it will harm you if you're not consistent. Right. Now, now from, a, from a mindset standpoint, you know, we started off with this, your fit is not what you see in the media or what, or what, you're, what you're being told. So let's say we have someone – uh, you know, and I guess this affects all of us. We're strolling through magazines. We're, we're driving on the highway looking at billboards, and we see this, uh, uh, I guess, production. And this is usually by marketing, which is nothing wrong with that. Uh, but we, we see images. And uh, how do we adapt those images to ourselves uh, instead of going by what the media tells us or what advertising tells us? Uh, before we go to break, how how would one approach that? What do you tell your your clients at Orange Theory Fitness? Uh, you become outcome outcome based versus pleasure based. You know, so the pleasure based um, mentality is, well, I saw the billboard. You know, I want to lose these the, the six week abs kind of thing. You know, that's pleasure based. You know, you uh, you want to cut down all your carbs. You want to um, you know, you, you've been doing well all week. Let's use that. We're doing all, all all week, and then Friday night comes, and you completely, you know, ruin everything by drinking and eating whatever you want instead of being outcome-based. Like, how did you reach the goals? What are your plans for that? You know, I want to lose those 10 pounds in a month. Okay, what are we going to do for that? You know, what is your plan? You know, you build the staircase, yeah, and then you, you take it one step at a time. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, what I'd like to do is to continue this conversation, like you said, next week. So this week we talked about the three aspects, the negative aspects. What I'd like to do next week is you to come back and talk about uh, the positive aspects relative to this. And also keep in mind of the mindset that we need to have uh, to get the type of results uh, uh, you want. So, Coach Bruce, we know you coach people not only in Barbersville but also everywhere else. How can we reach you and where you're located? Well, our phone number here at the studio is 304-521-1500. Uh, you can reach me personally. I'm always uh, doing speaking events. I'm always looking out to help people uh, all around the nation, you know, so you can reach out to me at B Hinkson, so that's B-H-I-N-C-K-S-O-N at gmail.com. Uh, my personal cell phone number would be 954-995-5243. Um, so that's a couple ways you can reach me on Facebook. It's going to be uh, Bruce Hinkson. And uh, I'm always here. I'm always here to help those that uh, are looking to help or need help. Excellent, excellent. Okay, uh, Coach Bruce, we'll let you get back to the studio and help people continue to get healthy and well. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, so we'll see you next week. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, before we go to our second segment, we'll go ahead and spend some time with our sponsors. So please 
stay tuned so that you can be informed. Do you have a business, product, service, or an event coming up? Is your current marketing getting you nowhere? Survival Radio Network is an award-winning network with over 1 million downloads. We're offering high-exposure 30-second spots on our network, reaching diverse demographics both locally and nationwide. Give us a call at 323-977-8172 or visit our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us today. SRN, we do radio. Do you have tax issues, owe back taxes, or need tax relief? Contact L&B Tax Service today. L&B offers you over 15 years of expertise and first-class tax service for individuals, professionals, and business owners. With nationwide service, you can easily find a location near you. Contact one of our tax professionals through our website, lbtaxservice.com. That's www.lbtaxservice.com. L&B Tax Service Incorporated. Tax professionals that you can trust. Do you know that having a dirty filter in your heating and air system can cause major damage to your unit and pollute the air in your home? Having proper maintenance to your heating and air system is just like getting a tune-up on your car. Because you want today and avoid spending unnecessary money tomorrow. Call Temperature Design Heating and Air today. 770-823-7160. That's 770-823-7160. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. The S-R-N. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are simply elated to have you join us today here on the weekly wellness show, your resource for better health here on the Survival Radio Network. I am your host, Dr. Aaron Williams. As I mentioned earlier in our second segment today, we're going to tackle a very important topic uh, that the public uh, here and all over the world pretty much are dealing with, and that is firearm safety. I mentioned to you earlier that the Centers for Disease Control reported that uh, over 4,000 people in the U.S. died over a period of time over unintentional firearm shootings. About 1,300 of those victims uh, were under the age of 25. So I thought it would be very important, whether you are a gun owner or firearm owner or not, whether you're thinking about it, everybody needs to know what great firearm safety looks like. So I wanted to bring on the show an expert related to this field. And so we're bringing on today, we're going to welcome today a person who's had 60 years of experience with firearms. He is a retired uh, sergeant first class from the military, specifically the Army. He was a firearms instructor. He's also a competitor with regard to firearms. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show Mr. Michael Rampley. Hello, Aaron. How are you today? Hi, Mike. How's it going? I'm doing good. A little cold over here, but doing pretty good all in all. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Look, I'm so glad to have you because I know you travel a lot, and I know you are a very busy guy. But, you know, I'm glad that you're able to take out some time to help us 
to learn more about firearm safety. I think some of the stats that I quoted are, are, are kind of alarming. Anytime someone dies, particularly of an accident, I think uh, it's something that we all need to kind of take heed to. And as I mentioned to the public, whether you're a firearm owner or not, or whether you're thinking about it, everybody needs to know about gun safety. Uh, i tell you a small story with me, Mike, is I was invited to a gun range with a friend of mine, and we were you know, shooting. And then uh, all of a sudden, uh, another group of guys came up, and we could just tell about how they handled the firearms, that they were not necessarily educated on what firearm safety was about. So, hey, Michael, guess what we did? We just decided to go ahead and call the day <laughs> because we knew uh, that we were around some folks that may or may not know how to handle a firearm. So I'm so glad that you were able to come on the show. And, uh, Mike, I, I see you've, you've had a long history, a long relationship with, with firearm safety and firearms, period. I have. I, I learned uh, when I was five years old from my grandfather. He was a big hunter. And I uh-huh. I grew up with firearms. Right, right. And so I'm taking to that, and then I I, I I I so I take it you did some hunting hunting as well. I do, not so much anymore as I used to, but I don't hunt as much as I have, but I still enjoy it. Right, right. And you and I have another thing in common. We we're both Boy Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I I really enjoyed that, and, you know, I learned a lot uh, in the Boy Scouts, and I would recommend that program to anyone these days. So it's a a very good program. I highly recommend that. Yeah. Now, as I recall, Mike, did they have a firearm merit badge uh, in the Boy Scouts? I don't know. I don't recall. They did. It was a shooting. It's shooting shooting merit badge, just along with archery and canoeing and and uh, of course, I had that, but that was a big part of of scouting. Was it's actually where I learned to shoot competitive in the Boy Scouts. Right, right. Yeah, I did the archery a little bit. Uh, wasn't great at it, but I did it. Uh, uh, but like you said, you have uh, continued to grow in this area, so you shoot competitively now. And for what I understand, it's more than one different type of firearms. Is that right? Correct. I shoot what's called three gun. It's pistol, rifle, and shotgun. It reactive style uh, targets like tactical situations, uh, and I really enjoy that. And there's there's lots of different shooting sports you can become involved in. Just shotgun, skeet and trap, and sporting clays, and uh, slow fire pistol, and long range rifle. So there's a multitude of competitive shooting sports available for most anybody that's interested. Interesting. Well, that is great. You bring to the table a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience. So let's get started. Mike, what are some of those, what are some things we need to remember with regard to firearm safety? Uh, Some of the basics, I guess, we'll start with. Yeah, these are very basic. I call them the big three. You see these big Uh three Every on every safety program that you're involved in, they usually start out with what I again what I call the big three. Number one is always keep a gun pointed in a safe direction, and to go along with that, never point a gun at anything you don't want to shoot. <laughs> okay, that that's definitely something that is very basic, but people, you know, they need to remember that, <laughs> right? That's right, that's right. Second is always keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot. And that's uh-huh. that's kind of a, been a change in recent years because uh, probably 60 to 70% of the firearms manufacturer today does not have a manual safety. They have only a trigger safety. So you need to keep your finger off the trigger totally until you're ready to shoot. As you watch a lot of TV shows today, cops and all the multitude of police shows, you'll see every time they pull their weapon, they'll have their index finger pointed alongside the trigger guard. And that's one of the big Uh things that everybody's taught today is don't touch the trigger until you're ready to shoot. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah, I've seen that now that you mentioned it. They're keeping the index finger uh, alongside the trigger instead of on the trigger. Correct. Uh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. And then the third one of the big three is always keep your gun unloaded until you're ready to use it. And that, and that situation can change. Uh, just for general gun ownership, you know, you should keep your gun unloaded and maybe ammunition stored in a separate place so it's not readily accessible to people that shouldn't be having access to it. So and we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but that's the big three of general gun safety. Okay. All right. All right. And now what about gun safety and what about around the house? You know, that's, you know, that's, that's where I read a lot of these uh, incidences happen, particularly with children. If, if you have a gun in a home, what are the, some of the things that, that folks should remember? Well, number one right off is when, you, when you're a gun owner, you have a lot of responsibility to yourself, to your family, to the community. So you need to be responsible. So the first thing is know your gun. Be familiar with how it works. Practice mm-hmm. often uh, at local ranges. If you have questions, you can ask people. Uh, Gun owners are generally a very friendly group of people, and if you're having mm-hmm. trouble with range, someone will always be ready to help you. So, you know, the only stupid question is the one you don't ask, and I'm sure you've heard <laughs> like that before. Right, 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 right. Uh, and you mentioned about that, that some guns have safeties and some don't. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Correct, I can. Uh, uh, there's several different types of, types of firearms these days, but a lot of them now, as I mentioned earlier, do not have a manual safety. They have, you know, the safeties don't pull the trigger. So you have to be aware of that. And, you know, as you're storing these type of guns, you can keep the uh, magazine maybe in a separate place or or you just kind of have to be smart about it. And remember that the best safety device of all is the one between your ears. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You've you got to have that mindset and plan ahead with regard to these things. And speaking of that, like you said, the best safety device is the one in between your ears. So you probably should be uh, uh taking or consuming things that kind of cloud up your brain. Uh, so it, uh, I, I guess alcohol and, and, and those kind of things don't mix. Is that correct? That's correct. Alcohol, drugs, and gunpowder do not mix. So, you know, if you're going to if you're gonna have a Saturday afternoon and, and drink a little bit, keep your guns locked up and don't get them out and play with them and show them to people, and that's where a lot of accidents happen. So you have to uh, remember to be smart around firearms. Right. right. Yeah, I see that after your hunt is over, you just got a new firearm or somebody else is talking about theirs. You uh, One may whip theirs out, and then, I don't know, something may happen. People get careless. That's what happens. They come bigger not remember what you have been talking about with regard to uh, 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 keep, keeping the gun away and safe. Now, now speaking of keeping your gun secure, what are some of those options, Michael, with regard to that? Well, you can, again, most gun owners have a safe these days, uh, and they uh-huh. range from, even from $80 and up to a couple of thousand, depending on how many guns you have. But, but a lot of gun owners do have a safe. Uh, if you don't have a save, and you may just want to, you know, some gun owners just want to buy a pistol to keep in the house for self-protection. And these days they're making a lot of uh, single little gun cabinets and a pistol case that have a finger pad lock on them, and you put in uh-huh. a, a, just a, a short combination with your fingers, like one, three, four, two, and when you do that, it pops open. So, you know, that would keep kids and people that are not authorized from getting into that gun. And that's, that's one way to do it. Another way is to, is to keep it up in a very high place that a, that a, 
uh, a small child absolutely can't get to and then keep the ammunition in a separate place that you can get to. So if you need it, you can, you know, you can get the gun, you can get the ammunition fairly quickly. So that's, right, that's right. the way around the house uh, to do that. So you just got to be kind of smart and remember that kids are inquisitive and they'll yeah. climb and they'll hunt and they'll dig. And I, you know, I did that when I was little. If my if I knew my parents had something they didn't want me to find, like you know, <laughs> bottle of wine, I would search all over the house for it. So, uh, along with that, now, right along with that would be education. So it's like me when I was young, I was educated on firearms. I uh, a little right. quick story is my grandfather took me out with a my first 410 shotgun. And, and put up a big can of tomato juice and said, you need to okay. shoot that can of tomato juice. And when I did, it exploded everywhere. And that, I realized then what kind of power that gun had, and that stuck with me all my life. Right. You, you, that was kind of, it's kind of sensed into your, your memory that, hey, you, when you saw that, that can splatter, that, hey, this is something that's powerful. This is not a toy. And uh, that's something, I guess, that's carried you throughout your life. Uh, Mike, how much are those safes, you know, what are we talking about with regard to that? If one, uh, you know, and, and where would they get them from? Would they go to a gun shop, Home Depot, or where would they get a, a safe for their gun? Well, most most all the gun stores, uh, the local gun shops, uh, Walmart maybe, uh, Dick's, uh, Cabela's, places like that. They sell these little, the big safes, as well as the little, the little holders for the around the house pistol. And usually, you can get those generally for under a hundred dollars for a basic little pistol safe, just to just to keep one pistol in. And then, for you know, as you get more and more guns. Uh, the price goes up depending on how many you want to put in it, but they're readily available. Probably Amazon, uh, eBay, you can order them. They're they're easily obtained, uh, and there's a multitude of them. We we again, I'm I work at a local gun store, which is Stevens Gun and Pond in Ashland, Kentucky, and we have them here as well. Right, right. Now, if you don't have a safe, I guess you need to make sure that the gun is. Lot before you you, you store it, um, uh, you know. And, and what about? And then I guess you can kind of disassemble some parts of a gun. That's another safety measure. You can if you if you have a automatic, you can remove the slide very easily. Most guns break apart with just one button push, and you can take the slide and you know put it on one side of the shelf and the and the the frame actually in another location that you can get to and and this can be reassembled in less than a minute that's one way uh you can remove a bolt from a bolt action rifle and that would Uh make if the kids were messing with it they absolutely couldn't make it shoot without the bolt out of a bolt action rifle right right well you know uh, a lot of people buy guns uh, for home defense and and family protection. They may keep them on, you know, uh, bedside or something like that. What are the recommendations for that? I mean, I, I you know, I, I had a I had a grandfather that slept with a gun in his bed. I mean, uh, <laughs> I was my grandmother was always leery about that. But what are some of the what are some of the things we uh, want to remember with regard to home defense and and family protection? Well, number one is if you've got small children in the house, you absolutely have to keep them out of the access of the small child. If you have a bedside yeah. table that, that has a lock, you could lock the drawer, you know, and you know where the keys may be sitting under a book close by, but you need to be able right. to... You need to be able to restrict access to that. Uh, again, the the little bedside, uh, small, uh, we're talking a book-sized little piece of metal 
that once you push in three or four numbers, it pops open and there's your gun. Uh-huh. So it can it can sit right on next to your telephone, and all you have to do is hit the three three or four numbers with your fingers, or some of them you just lay your hand on, and it's read to your palm, and they'll open that way. And they're very handy. That that's probably the first recommendation I would have for a bedside gun is that little that little thing but it, you know even if you have a, a single shot shotgun you can keep it up on top of the a high cabinet or up in the closet just where kids can't get to it and and keep the shelves on the other side of the closet so there's a lot uh-huh. of ways to do that if you're smart about it but you just don't just stick it in a drawer and leave it and forget about it that's the number one thing is just think about what you're doing and what impact it could have on the rest of your family Right. I think you mentioned to me uh, uh, hiding a gun in a house is is, is is not security. You need to secure the gun. Uh, and and, and uh, I think that's a very would, issue. Yeah, I would agree with that. That you you shouldn't hide it. One, you might if you're like me and you're getting old, you forget where you put it yourself. So it doesn't do you much good to hide the gun if you can't remember where it's at. But again, if you've got small children, they like to ramble and open drawers, and you know that's just what kids like to do. So you don't want to hide it. You want to definitely secure it somewhere where you know where it's at, and the kids won't be looking for it and pulling it out and I think that's where a lot of accidents come from is they find these guns their parents have stuck somewhere and and right. they don't know and uh, along with that would be education if they educate yeah. their kids on guns and what they'll do and you know they they won't be so inquisitive about them if the kid already knows what it is and how it works so I, I think Again, education is the number one factor in in gun accidents. If everybody kind of knew what they were doing, that would be decreased by a big percentage. Right, right. And, you know, what I read, uh, uh, Michael, is that, you know, there's a lot of unintentional gun shootings that are happening, particularly among kids. But I did read somewhere that they're kind of on the decline and I guess because of what you just said, there's a lot of education out there. Uh, can you go through a few programs that are out there to help uh, 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 people to understand gun safety, particularly with regard to children? I can. Uh, the first one we'll talk about is called the National Shooting Sports Foundation, and that can be found at, on the Internet at nssf.com. And they have a very good program called Project child safe and there's some uh, things that they have there uh, they have a little safety thing for kids to to read and sign it says you know the their rules are muzzle in a safe direction uh, and it's the same big three we've talked about before finger outside the trigger guard unloaded when not in use and and they have a also have a uh, pledge that the kids can print and sign that says they pledge if they find a, a firearm at home or in a friend's house, they will not touch it and show it to a, a grown-up. So they pledge that if they find a gun, they'll find a grown-up and tell them about it. So that's mm. a good one. Uh, they also uh, have a, a safe program uh, that stands for Secure, Aware, Focus, and Education. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's a very good program as well. And there's a multitude on the Internet from the NRA, which is the National Rifle Association, uh, at nra.com. And then, again, the Hunter, all states have what's called now a Hunter Safety Program that anybody uh-huh. 16 and under has to has to take this course and pass it and that can be found at uh west virginia dnr.gov or huntereducation.com slash whatever state you're in that that'll come up so these are all good programs that will educate the public on gun safety right right 
Now, now, Michael, let's say uh, one, uh, you know, we talked about buying a gun. Uh, and, and, and before we leave the show, I, I like, you know, if someone walks into the shop where you work, you know, let, let's start there. What, what does one need to have? And how do you, as a person that's working in a gun shop, uh, what's the process of buying a gun? What is the right process? Well, we like for you know as as uh, customers come in, uh, we we kind of try to find out what they're going to do with it. That's the first thing we <laughs> we right. you know they a lot of a lot of our customers are regulars, of course, and they're gun right. owners and collectors, and they know what they want. But but we also get a lot of walk-in people that have never owned a gun, and they'll you know they just come in and say, "I want to buy a gun and keep around the you know." To keep around the house, so we kind of try to find out a little more about what's going on and what their needs are, and whether they have kids or family, or they right. live alone, or so that would be, you know, the 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 number one step is to find out what they need this far and what they're going to do with it. If they're going to sport target shoot or again if they just want it at home for self-protection and don't ever touch it for anything else so uh that would be the starting place and then to to buy a pistol you need to be a resident of the state you live in so you can't okay. you can't come to Kentucky from West Virginia and buy a pistol you can buy a rifle okay. and shotgun Anybody over 18 can buy a rifle or shotgun anywhere in the United States. Uh, for a handgun, the requirements are 21 years of age, and you have to be a uh-huh. resident of your state. Right. So you need to do that. So to buy a gun, you need a driver's license and the, uh-huh. as a current a current driver's license or a state issued ID. That has a picture and your birth date on it. That's the first thing you need. And then, uh, you know, we would help them pick out the, the best gun suitable for what they're going to do. And then there's a form you have to fill out now. It's a, a, a government-provided form, and you have to fill this form out, and, and there's a lot of questions on it. Have you ever committed a felony? And, you know, there's a lot of questions. Are you a citizen? Have you renounced your citizenship? Uh, so once you fill this form out, we send that form in electronically to uh, either the FBI has a background check facility now or the ATF. But that form gets sent in immediately, and it and they run a background check while you wait. And it'll either be approved or delayed or denied so sometimes they delay it if they don't you know there may be something in the background that would cause a delay and and so if it's delayed they get they have five days to come back and and deny it if we don't hear from in five days we call the customer and they can come pick up their gun right or right if you have you know some people Believe it or not, might lie on the form and say they're not a felon. But when we when we right. do the background check, if they're a felon, it'll immediately come up, <laughs> and they will <laughs> they will deny it, and then they'll send somebody out to pull that form and hopefully follow up on that that customer that you know lied on his form because it it says on there when you sign it you attest to tell the truth and. You know, hopefully right. that'll. And I think in recent years they're getting better at doing that. So, so hopefully right. all these things will decrease some of the violence and crime that are being committed with firearms. Right. Well, we talked about safety. We talked about buying a gun. But Michael, uh, one of the last notes here. We got about seven minutes left in the show. Um, what about if if you want to? Uh, dispose of a gun and you know let's just say you know uh i don't know grandpa died and you know you're just getting rid of some of the things uh in in the house or whatever or or, or you just want to dispose of a gun what's the proper what, what is the way some way you could do it i know you could go sell it but is there another way uh is there a proper way to dispose of a gun well there is uh, most pol- police departments uh 
the the county police or the the wherever you happen to live, but most police departments have a gun turn-in program. Uh, okay. So you can contact your local police department. Now we do, you know, a lot of people we we see this all the time because a lot of a lot is gun owners get older and they pass away and their their younger family yeah. are not they're not gun owners so they've got grandpa's twenty guns you know right. And, right. yeah a lot a lot of these guns may be collector items worth a lot of right. money so you don't just want to give them away and I wouldn't personally take them to the police department because they're just going to take them and cut them up, you know, and and melt them. That's kind of what they do. They they cut them in half and then take them to the scrap iron place and burn them up. But uh-huh. uh, we get a lot of, of, of customers that bring their their parents or their grandfather's guns, and we'll, we will actually help sell them for them. They can leave them with us, and we'll sell them and they tell us what they want, and we get a little percentage, like consignment stores. So they can anybody can do that. But as long as you take that gun to a licensed dealer, you'll never get right. in any trouble at all. So that's the key. You wouldn't want to take them to the flea market and sell them per se, because uh-huh. they might, you know, you may get in some trouble over that down the road if somebody uses that gun to commit a crime and and the and the, they catch the guy and they run the serial numbers and it comes back to Aaron Williams, they may come see you and say, what'd you right. do with it? <laughs> so to, 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 to do away with all those problems, you would, you would take the gun to a licensed dealer and then we log it in a book and then when uh-huh. we sell it, we log it back out. And that's what the ATF monitors is all those logs where guns they know where they're coming from and where they went to. Right. So it takes you out of the loop as far as getting in trouble. Right, right. We got about four minutes left, Mike. Uh, I, 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 I understand it's not only important to get the right gun, but it's also important to get the right holster. Uh, can you uh, share a little bit about that? I can, I can. We can. Uh, uh, most every gun these days have multiple holsters you can get. Uh, if you want to, you know, most all states now have a, what's called a concealed carry program. And it right. and it's changed in recent years. You used to have to have a reason. You know, you're a banker and you're going home at night with a bag of money. You had to tell your sheriff that you needed a, you know, you had to have a reason to get a permit to carry a concealed right. firearm. But today, you don't have to do that. Today, you just go to your sheriff's department or police department and get an application. And, of course, when you do that, you have to pass a safety program. So you'll have to take a certified class from an NRA instructor for concealed carry. And a big portion of that is gun safety. So once you pass that and you... You get fingerprinted, and you get a you get like a driver's license to carry a firearm, and uh, and then you can carry it concealed. And then there's for holsters, there's shoulder holsters, there's outside the pants holsters that you would cover up with a a jacket or a shirt, and there's inside the pants that clip on your belt, and it kind of keeps them from falling down around your socks and shoes. And uh, those are very popular because you can just uh, keep a T-shirt on and uh, and and keep your gun handy for these small guns. Uh, so but again, there's a multitude of, of inexpensive ways to carry firearms these days. So and right. again, those are available at most any any gun store around. And speaking of gun stores, uh, we got about a minute left. Michael, where are you located, and how can one reach you? We're located at, uh, again, we're Stevens Gun and Pond. We're located at 7023 U.S. Route 60 in Ashland, Kentucky. We're near uh, we're near the big camper store in what's called Cannonsburg on, on 60. Uh, there's right. a big camper store, and we're close to that. Uh, that's Summit, Summit Campers. Uh, we're on the left. We have a big sign. We're easy to find. Uh, you can reach us at 606-928-8936. We're also on Facebook at Stevens Gun. 
we have a nice Facebook page, so you can reach us there as well. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I'm so glad to have you uh, on. Um, uh, retired Sergeant First Class Michael Rampley, well, <laughs> gun expert, and I'm glad you were able to carve out some time to come on the show and teach the public about gun safety. I greatly appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you asking me. And if this if this helps just one person or one kid be safe, uh, it was definitely worth it. And uh, feel free to call me anytime. And I hope you and everybody listening has a great weekend. Excellent, excellent. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this episode of the Weekly Wellness Show. Don't forget, if you missed any portion of this or you think there is somebody out there that could use this information, don't forget to share it. So we're going to go ahead and let a group of jazz artists take us out, better known as In Groove. So until next week, be happy, be healthy, and be kind. Ooh.